Hello and welcome to Train of Thought. My name is Rob Tobias. My guests today are Lisa Boutreau and Kenneth Cater. They are um, representing Eugene Officiants. Is that the name of the business? Rising Heart Ritual and Ceremonial Officiants. Oh, okay. It's eugeneofficiant.com. Okay. Uh, Rising Heart is the overseeing uh, business. Um, but you started this uh, a number of years ago doing um, a kind of alternative uh, officiating of ceremony? Yes, I started in 1998 when I first got uh, ordained as a minister. Uh-huh. How did, what sort of ordainment did you have as a minister? How did you become a minister? Well, I, um, through my mentor, Karuna Gatton, she went ahead and um, took me through shamanic journey ceremony. Uh-huh. And that's it's- how we did it. She was told by her helping spirits that I needed to be a minister. And she kept on me for a couple of years, and I finally said, okay. Uh-huh. And Kenneth, what brought you to uh, doing this kind of work of, of officiating? Lisa. Uh-huh. She pestered me. She said, you'd, you'd be good at this. You'd like this. Uh-huh. And um, I said, okay, let's give it a try. So the rest is history. And any background at all for you in terms of um, religion or officiating? Yeah. What what kind of grounds you in terms of this kind of uh, this kind of work? I was initiated into the American Sufi movement in the mid seventies, and so have been, you know, meditating and you know studying spiritual truth uh, around the world in many cultures. You know, just uh, through my own study and. And Lisa, you mentioned you mentioned um, well, shamanic. You know what? And and you also uh, before we started, you you mentioned that you're non-denominational and consider yourself healers. So I mean, may talk a little bit about your approach to um, people who come to you wanting to do weddings or or um, I, I guess you do funerals and other kinds of um, ceremonies too. That's a long question, I know, but you can find an answer in there somewhere. <laughs> Yes, um, so we we do celebration of life, funerals, wakes, um, a high number of weddings. Um, can you ask? Well, yeah, I, I mean, those are different kinds of ceremonies you do, but this this sense of being a healer and your your approach to these kind of ceremonies. Oh yes, so I'm. We're all actively healers. Um, I have been a massage therapist. Since 1994, I am also a shamanic healer, craniosacral therapist. So I bring all those qualities and gifts that I use in my healing practice into working with couples and people going through grief um, and through the ritual. So it's this whole component that with the healing work that is something that's a big part of my life that I somehow bring it to help comfort the people and create a real sacred ceremony mm-hmm. for everybody involved to be affected on a high level, as high as possible, from my heart. And Kenneth, he's an astrologer, and he's a Sufi, so he has his own healing abilities that he brings to the people that he works with. 
Let's talk about that. Uh, yeah, you and said been, you're... Well, I've been a caregiver for handicapped kids since in my 20s. My, my adopted son is handicapped. Um, and, you know, I'm taking care of schizophrenic guys, elder care. So, you know, service is my path, uh, being a Virgo. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned astrology as a background. <laughs> how do you... How do you bring astrology to a, a couples or, or yeah whoever is coming to you for help with their ceremonies? Occasionally, I, you know, I introduce myself as an astrologer. If they're interested in pursuing that, I will give them a little insight into their sign mm-hmm. um, and uh, give them encouragement. I do not discourage people from having difficult relationships, but I, I. Um, I try to find the positive that's that shows up because there there are reasons people get together and yeah. you know I have the language that kind of language to be able to talk about those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the the people that find you and maybe uh, these are maybe alternative weddings. I know you, you probably do many same same sex uh, weddings uh, and and. Um, but just, yeah, talk about a little bit about who finds you and your clientele. Well, I most of the time, they seem to be really alternative people that are looking for something different and something meaningful and something that will affect them on a real personal level. Um, lots of same-sex couples also, lots of guys and gals who want to get married together, uh, you know, in different sex, I'm not saying it right, but yeah. Um, anyways, it it's a we offer a really comfortable place for them to have sacred ceremony. So, um, really, alternative people seem to find us. Yeah, uh, you, you. When we were talking before you uh, before this interview, you mentioned uh, pagan ceremonies. What uh, people don't don't know about what that might be. Give a can you give a little background? What what is a pagan ceremony? Well, a pagan ceremony um, incorporates different rituals and, and different um, readings from Celtic or different European traditions. Um, often, hand fasting is pretty common, and um, candle lighting ceremonies. Mm-hmm. There's there's a whole range of ceremonies i've heard hand fasting but i don't know what that is well one of the things in a hand fasting that can be used is you take different colored cords or ribbons and the couple holds their holds hands and you drape or wrap loosely these different colored cords and ribbons each color represents something significant to them Um, green for growth gold for radiance and mm-hmm. so on depending on and we customize it for those for the the couple themselves um and so they can put a lot of meaning into that bundle of cords and uh, and we talk about that during the ceremony to get to get the points that they want to get to their people uh, across yeah um so it seems like when you when people come to you, you need to interview them, find out a little bit what they want. Uh, if they say, "I want a Wiccan jump broom jumping," I mean, how do yeah? How do you uh, how do you decide what these what the ceremony is going to be like? 
Well, definitely we meet with a couple um, in different ways. It could be in person, on the phone, mm -hmm. on video. Um, and then we get a good idea of what they're looking for and haven't, you know, discover who they are, what kind of um, beliefs they have and what kind of needs they have. And then we usually offer them different ideas mm -hmm. for rituals um, based on all of that discovery and come up with a script, offer that to them and see if they like it. And then we keep working it out that way. Mm -hmm. Occasionally, some people who are religious find us too, and we do the same thing for them. Mm -hmm. um, I'm in a long-term relationship who is not married and, uh, you know, have my own opinions about that and always thought, well, maybe having a family, having kids would be a good reason. But... Um, why do people why do people uh want to get married? Do you ask that? Yeah, I would say um and Kenneth will have some things to say about uh -huh. it too. <laughs> but usually it's based on commitment. Like they want to let each other know that they want to commit in ceremony through ceremony to each other and it seems to solidify or uh, bring them closer together. Mm -hmm. And and when they do that in front of their family and friends, or you know sometimes it's a lot of family and friends, sometimes it's just a very small group, but it really does shift things for people. Mm -hmm. I got married uh, in my twenties uh, to a woman who was pregnant. Mm -hmm. Actually, we didn't get married while she was pregnant. I I was involved with her during her pregnancy. The child was born. Um, and uh, we bonded, so I, you know, we got married. But it was about the, the kid, um, who's now forty-eight. Yeah. But it was about the kid for me, um, and just saying, okay, I am committed to his welfare for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so a marriage is a is a new beginning, for me. What I saw. It, what I experienced in my 20s was people treated me differently when they found out I was actually married. Uh, and I got more respect. I wasn't expecting that. But it, it did shift the opinion that people had uh, about your willingness to be an adult and make a commitment and stick with it. Uh-huh. You think that's it? I, I, that was why they treated you different? Just I think so. Uh -huh. I think so. I wasn't expecting it. But it... it I did experience it, mm -hmm. but it's an initiation. It's a new beginning. To initiate means to begin, and so you get to begin again, you know, by making that commitment. Yeah, um, and you said you've done. You're going to do a, a funeral recently too. I huh? have a funeral coming up uh -huh. uh, on the 11th. What's your approach? Uh, that's a whole different ball game. Uh, yeah. It, well, when it's an elder who's had a full life and passes. It's a, it's a lovely experience of remembrance. Right. Um, if it's somebody who who dies too young, you know, and is you know, then then it's a it requires some some uh, some wisdom. I have papers I've written about such things in a spiritual manner, and yeah, you know, just uh, that one's a little more of a struggle to deal with. But the passing of elders is a is a beautiful moment. Mm -hmm. for family gathering and friends 
to uh, to honor that, to honor them, and to also acknowledge we're all going to go through that door. It's it difficult when you didn't know the person. I mean, you really have to dig in and somehow it, find out more about this person. Don't you? Oh yeah, you have to find out about the person. But honestly, we're old enough that we have lost friends and family, mm-hmm. and so it's a common it's it's a common experience that we have empathy for because we've experienced it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't require a, a great knowledge of the other people. But people at a elder's funeral want to have their words. You know, I remember this, I remember that. And, you know, we just facilitate that kind of thing depending on their ideas of what they want to do. And Lisa, wh- overall, what do you think, what sets you apart what is uh, and actually what is the name let's repeat the name i know it's rising heart ritual and ceremonial officiants that's the full name of, of what you're offering the services Rising. that's heart. right uh-huh. yeah we because we offer um ritual in everything that we do um weddings and funerals and then we also offer um to do specific like rite of passage rituals and, and different specific rituals just yeah, you, said that, you said sake. the rite of passage is something you're developing now. What What's your vision for that? Well, um, one of the things is is uh, when a boy reaches adolescence, sometimes what's needed is a kind of um, vision quest or some some something to honor the fact that they're now a young adult. Right. In um, Judaism, and, obviously, and there's, there's bar mitzvahs bar and bat mitzvahs. Bar mitzvahs. But in Native, in native culture, there, native there was, culture, a, there was a lot of vision, like you say, vision quest. And it's kind of missing in our society, but we are happy to participate in it. I think kids need that acknowledgement. Um, it's, a, it's an initiation into a new state of life. Mm-hmm. Um, no longer a child, you know, not, a, not an elder, but, you know, beginning on this, on this adult path. And uh, I think that needs to be honored much more than it is. And so what would it look like in terms of your, either of your um, being involved in a rite of passage? What would that look like? Well, there's different ones. I mean, even, um, I mean, we can really look at all different aspects of life as a rite of passage when, the, we're, when there's transition anyways, mm-hmm. um, especially around transition. Um, I guess all these ceremonies you could consider transitions in a way. Yeah, so a wedding is a rite of passage. A sure. funeral is a rite of passage. Sure. Um, a birthing is a rite of passage mm-hmm. um, for the child and the mother mm-hmm. or the whole family. Um, also, we've been working on developing the ideas around what happens when somebody breaks up. Ah. You know, some you know, a couple splits up. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like a death. It's a, it's a it's a rite of passage in a way on its own, and to help heal that uh, for the two people, so they can walk away mm-hmm. feeling healthier than they could about it, because that's a difficult time, and that does happen. Um, also, self initiation ceremonies. Another idea had been developing. So when somebody uh, is kind of you can think of it as marrying yourself and hmm. really um loving yourself and honoring yourself and through ritual different 
stages of ritual that we've developed to um, help somebody self-reflect. I have my own self-initiation. Oh, wow. Um, I was trained as a jeweler in my teens, and I made this pendant yeah. uh, over a 10-year period. And I had three pieces. I put it together once I started doing the weddings um, to represent you know, my own initiation as a priest in a broader sense of the word, um, that divinity that is at the core of all of us. Um, I, I acknowledge through this symbolism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So symbols uh, are carriers of meaning uh, and significance. And, and so this is, a, this is a sign that I am taking myself seriously in my service to the hearts and souls of others. Mm-hmm. So traditional weddings have, these, have rings as symbols? We, well, do the rings, we do ring ceremonies quite a lot. Yeah. Um, are there certain elements that you want to put in all weddings or does everybody kind of design their own thing or do you, do you encourage people to say, I mean, I know in Jewish weddings there's the smashing of the glass and the circling of the bride. There's some interesting traditions there, but and religion, religion probably has their own. Yes. Um, but what, are there some certain elements that you really are go-to things that you like to have part of your ceremony? Because I'm an astrologer, I like to, the ring blessing is a way of using the four elements, uh, earth, air, water, and fire, to bless the rings and consecrate them. Um, and, and that means to make sacred. And so the, the ring, without beginning or end, has great significance for the durability that they're committing to. Mm-hmm. And so I use those four elements because they're the natural world. And four elements again are earth, air, water, and fire. And, and so the rings get dipped in water, they get passed through a flame, they're, they get smudged with sage um, and salt, representing the earth, is sprinkled on them. I see. So each of those elements is physically brought to bear on the rings. Ah, so you. And then. Then there's the ceremony where, you know, the groom gives the bride the the ring and says ritual words, and the bride does the same with the groom's ring, and and then I'd say something at the end of that, and we move on to the next part of the ceremony. So we basically lead them the whole way. Right. So we make it easy for the people who are in this, you know, in the ceremony, the bride and groom, if we're talking about a wedding. And um, they just follow us. So we oftentimes will say, speak, you know, speak these words after me and make eye contact with them and, you know, go at their pace. And um, but by that time, we had all agreed upon a ceremony by working it out with each other and agreed on the rituals. And there are certain things that we do use that we like to use if the couples are in agreement, which is the ring ceremony. It's a beautiful one. It takes just a few minutes and it just feels really um, significant. Mm-hmm. So we definitely try to have that one in every time we do a few poets, you know, poems and readings. Um, and in the candle lighting ceremony too, especially if the, if there's a large group and you have two families who are getting to know each other, 
we can do this uh, candle lighting ceremony where the bride and the groom light smaller candles and then together uh, either themselves or the, the parents of the bride and groom will come up and light a large pillar candle to represent both families uh, uniting. Yeah. And it can be different. Like a candle, you think of a traditional candle lighting ceremony at a wedding as representing God in, in a religious sense. But it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, it's representing a higher element, you know, a high, or, or bringing people together, like Kenneth just said. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed on your website, which again, let's say how people can find you. Eugeneofficient.com. Okay. And that's connected to the Rising Heart. Uh, dot com um. rising heart ritual and ceremonial officiants okay so if either of those were googled then that would pop up okay um and i did notice when i went there the um you guys are officiants uh, but there's a whole list of other people um that that do these ceremonies under your in your business Yes, that's right. I, I so have. how do you, yeah how do you match or how do if someone connects how do you uh, decide who does the yeah, do, or do they choose? Do they see someone online? Or, yeah, how does that, that process work? Yeah, so we have uh, these pictures and bios of these other lovely ministers. Mm-hmm. They're all women besides Kenneth. Mm-hmm. It just happened to be that way. Um, and I know them personally. They're friends. They're really honorable people in my community. Um, oftentimes, people will go to our website and they will read and see you know one of the ministers that ministers that they would like to be connected to um then what they would do next is call our main line and they would be routed to kenneth so kenneth takes care of the calls these days and communicates with them and decides finds out who's available for the dates and who's not and then he kenneth is a bit of a coordinator on top of being one of the main ministers, too. We have a couple of ministers who speak fluent Spanish. Uh-huh. Um, and some of them don't live in, in the Eugene area. We have, you know, Portland, you know, and other places. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes they they request a Spanish-speaking ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can do that. Um, and how long how long have you been doing this, uh, doing these ceremonies? Well... I've been doing ceremonies like this since 1998, weddings in particular, not the funerals. Uh-huh. Um, that's when I became ordained. And just like weeks after that, I had a friend, Roger, begged me or pleaded with me, <laughs> I would say, to do his officiate his wedding. And at that point, I thought I wasn't ready. So I kept saying, no, I'm not ready. Um, he kept persisting. And that jump-started me into doing weddings for people. I really enjoyed it. Um, maybe you have a good story. about. I mean, I know some of these are unusual weddings. I like, um, I don't know, do you, are there any, anything good. that jumps out at you that, that uh, has been unusual, that, a good story around, around a, a something? Couple, yeah, I've got a couple of them. And, uh, one of which was a jumping the broom ceremony. Uh-huh. Which was not um, legalized with the, you know, courthouse, because it was a ritual for a year and a day, a temporary wedding for a year and a day. 
Interesting. Um, and so that was very beautiful, lots of ritual. Um, and the bride is actually one of the officiants at the time. Um, and, you know, that was interesting. Then we get these people. You got me on a year and a day. I, I think. Do people? So is, is it sort of like if we can make it a year, then we'll do. Then we'll up the ante in next that's, year. Yeah, that seems to be the the, the idea. <laughs> uh huh. It's uh, an interesting. Let, let's. Uh, yeah, and there are places in the world where that's actually quite common. Uh huh. It's common in Iran, believe it or not. Yeah. Temporary marriages for a year to see I, to see if it's going to work out. So that's curious. I have a friend in, in, in Mexico who just got married, and he's got temporary residency for uh, two years, I think. And then, uh-huh. and then she gets to say whether, if things are going well after two years, yeah. then he could become a permanent, right. if, if she says it's okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. Yeah. And, and then I had a couple who um, kind of worship an, a goddess that I had not heard of before called... Um, Madre Muerte, Mother Death. Wow. And they had a statue of her. We talked, we you know, developed a ceremony. They had a statue and some stuff, and this is a Mexican deity of some sort. Um, and, you know, it, it turned out fine, but it was just a very unusual kind of uh, image of the sacred to honor the, the sacred death mother. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. So the you know the 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 passage is um, really quite astounding. <laughs> it was really interesting, and and their families were there, and uh, some people were really into it, and some you know were shaking their heads. But you know, the ceremony turned out quite beautiful. Yeah. In a backyard in Springfield, and it all. Flowed, but yeah. very unusual uh, kind of sacred uh, image. Well, we're getting down to the close. Uh, do you have uh, anything that we haven't covered, or something you wanted to say about about um, the rituals that you're offering, or Kenneth too? Either. Uh, well, if you we, have... we customize. You know, people have a vague idea generally of what they want, but they don't have the specifics. Lisa has developed over the years a. a library full of wonderful poetry, rituals, songs, and and different things. And so we can draw from a lot of different sources and put something quite unique together for people. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been talking to Kenneth and Lisa. Lisa, once, once more, a little overview of just how people could find you for to do weddings, funerals, alternative uh, ceremony. Yes, just go online and find us at Eugene Officiant. Dot com, or you can find us by Googling Rising Heart Ritual and Ceremonial Officiants, plural, dot com. So you guys do all kinds of things and all kinds of people come to you. So thanks for the conversation. This has been Train of Thought. My name is Rob Tobias. Until next time. Train of Thought can be heard on KEPW. 97.3 in Eugene and it's posted to soundcloud.com slash Rob Tobias comments and suggestions can be sent to Rob at Rob Tobias.com. Mm-hmm.